The thing about organic is that's what people are searching for. This is Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, episode 61. You're listening to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast, brought to you by the fine folks at Response Suite. It's hailed as the professional online place to do professional online networking. But if you're anything like me, you've tried using LinkedIn and you inbox people and they ignore you. And when that's not happening, people are inboxing you with spam and you ignore them. So how do we get away from inboxing and LinkedIn just being a place where people get ignored? <laughs> hey, this is Rob and Kennedy Hello. from Response Suite. And frankly, if you're anything like me, you haven't tried using LinkedIn yet. No, you're not really good at it, are you? No. I'm actually a obsessed. In. I'm a bit obsessed. It was funny because... I got into LinkedIn just before, like properly using it, probably two months, three months perhaps, before we we talked to Tim. Right. So I've been using it. I've got a two-pronged strategy to it. And after speaking to Tim, I sort of got one ahead a little bit. And I actually updated my profile. It's absolutely Mm. true. And I copied it. I'm not saying everybody should go and do this, but I grabbed my little summary, that bunch of text you put on, and I sent it to Tim and said, what do you think? Mm. He said, it's shit. Oh, no, he didn't. He said he didn't use that word. He wouldn't ever. He was he's very polite. No, he said, well, you know, it's a good start. So <laughs> <laughs> it's got potential. It's got potential, which means it's not very good. Yet. Right. And then you took a picture of Tim and put that as your profile picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. We are speaking to Tim. We're speaking we are. to Tim Hughes. And he is really good at building a sort of magnetic following over on that old LinkedIn machine, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. And the big thing that Tim is obviously against and he's sort of waving the flag out there is that you don't need to chuck loads of money at these social media platforms in order to profit from them, which is interesting because just like last week, we were speaking to Nick, our man Nick, and he's like, spend a bajillion pounds. So really interesting to find out. I don't think anyone's wrong. I just think there's definitely ways of doing these things. Look at our friends over at Boss Babe, right? They have grown a 1.2 million and more followers on Instagram not paid for a single thing. Yeah. I think the thing here is to realize that different people are different. You know, if you want to reach, if, if Tim was your target customer, you'll never reach him with paid ads because yeah. if he sees you've got an ad, he's going to block you. Like that's literally what he says in this episode. Mm-hmm. So if you want to reach him, you're going to have to take the organic route. But if you've got people who are happy to look at ads, if it's done well, then you've got that route. So no rights and wrongs, just do what works for you. And truthfully, I think possibly, do you not think that the, the real answer to this is to have a really good blend of these things? Yeah. So you've either, if they say you've got time or you've got money, you have to look at how you're going to divvy up your time and your money. And organic stuff takes time. It's about creativity. It's about being there. It's about showing up, as they say, right? You've got to be there to interact. And I spend about 40 minutes every single day on LinkedIn because I do 20 minutes early on, 20 minutes later on in the day, connecting with people, chatting with people, engaging, being present and being kind of cool and not pitching as part of my strategy. Whereas at the same time, I've got Facebook ads running and that's running across Facebook and Instagram and also the third party platforms. So having all those things going together is that whole thing about surrounding the marketplace. That's how I like to think like a big showdown in the old Western. You don't want to just like wander over and go, oh, you've been a naughty man. You should go to the prison, the jail in, in the old Western. Instead, you want to surround them so that no matter which way they turn, they're seeing your message and you're showing up. You can also use that organic free content stuff in order to build a pixeled audience of people who are interested and run ads to them. And mm-hmm. likewise, if you wanted to, you could do it the other way around and run ads to build an audience who then start seeing your organic content stuff. So they absolutely support They fit each together. Other. They absolutely fit together. And you can go as extreme as Tim, as Tim does. You can go as extreme as the others who only do 
only do the paid stuff. By the way, we owe you a bit of an apology because last week, if you listen to the end of last week's episode, we got all the way at the end and realized we hadn't done our thing, which is where we read out one of your lovely comments. And are they called comments? Are they called comments? Reviews. Reviews. That's what they're called. One of your reviews off any of the channels. So we found this lovely review from somebody mm. over on iTunes. Is it Rob? Yeah, Shelly, Shelly Mackey, I think it's Hello, Shelly Mackey. Thank you for tuning in. It says, love this podcast. These guys are marketing gold fun and factual and we're now officially a five-star rated podcast too on the old itunes machine which is lovely if you haven't already left us a review and you'd like to one it would really help us and it would make our parents so proud of us but secondly we'll give you a name check and read you out right on the show hopefully that'll be great so you can do that where rob just head over to uh responsesweek.com forward slash itunes if you want to do it on itunes or of course there's all the other podcast networks as well yep you can just search for three marketers walking the podcast you probably listen to it right there right now i don't know why i'm telling you how to find the podcast just go to your podcast player that's right you're not listening to it right now and hit the uh, hit the old reviews the reviews button mm. so before we get into talking with tim about all of this amazing linkedin organic stuff and his strategies for being more appealing let's go over to rob's very important quote of the week yes because as they say when life stands still bananas still grow it's a little bit of a juxtaposition for you there. Really get your head working to get to get the week kicked off, I believe. Absolutely. We know that a lot of people have been talking to us about, we talk often about email marketing, how that's really, really powerful. Because when you use email as your major marketing channel, you own that data. It doesn't matter if Facebook changes its pants or, 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 or Twitter decides to have a, a bit of a down day or whatever, whatever happens. If you have people's email addresses, it's a really powerful way of doing marketing. But it's more challenging every single day as the email providers get a bit more aggressive and people are doing poorer and worse and worse and worse email marketing. Cutting through all of that noise is really, really challenging. And that's the reason we are hosting a free, totally free web class for you as a listener to the podcast. And we'd love to invite you along so we can share with you exactly how we're doing some really smart stuff that really cuts through all of that noise to start boosting the results you're getting every single time you send an offer out by email. It's also dead simple to do. It's not because we're super smart. The, the stuff we're going to show that. you is really, really simple, but it has the, the really, really smart sort of impact, if you like. You can register for the web class. Just head over to responsesuite.com forward slash webinar and you'll be able to pop your name and email address in. That's right. If you're giving us your name and email address, but you get to get that amazing training. You do. And I think you'll absolutely get absolutely tons out of it. Speaking of things, you're going to get tons out of it. We're not going to dilly-dally any longer. We're going to speak to Tim Hughes about all things LinkedIn and organic. Rob, shut your face. We're going to go for it. Tim Hughes, welcome to Three Marketers Walk Into a Podcast. How's it going? Uh, I'm amazing, uh, Rob. Uh, Really excited to be here. Oh, thanks, Tim. I'm I'm a big follower of you guys. I love the way that you set up your uh, podcast. It's It's a great format. Oh, you say all the right things. Thanks, Tim. <laughs> no wonder you're such a social influencer. Actually, part of that whole social influence thing really is about like your brand. And you've got a very sort of transparent brand. You're very, very direct. And you're very good at sort of taking people through that process. And what I wanted to speak to you about to kick things off today was about we're all often sitting behind some kind of web page or some kind of sales process, but you've got a really strong opinion, a really strong belief around where personal brand fits into that. Can we open that can of worms, like personal brands in business? Yeah, it's a good point. I, you know, I, I have, as you say, I, I believe strongly that we spend our time in social. 
and and that's where your customers are and therefore that's where you should be engaging with them um sending them to websites and things like that is a kind of an unnatural act um and um what you'll do is if you start trying to do that you'll you'll lose people on the way you know we're sitting on the train on the way to work we're in facebook we're on linkedin or whatever it is mm-hmm. and that's the, the the area that we want to be but everybody's checking everybody out um you know in in personal life and in business and if you want to engage or get new customers, you need to be making sure that you're looking good online and, and, and looking good in a way that they will want to engage with you. Do you think one of the reasons that we're, we're so busy checking people out now before we buy anything from anybody is because we're, we're more skeptical than ever because we know that everything on the internet must be a scam? I think that's a really good point, actually. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, you know, we don't click on links anymore. Well, most people don't click on links. Um, you know, pay-per-click and all stuff like that, it, it, you just don't get, because just, you just think it's spammy. Um, so, you know, if, if you're in Facebook, you're on LinkedIn, um, you're checking, you, you, you're looking for things, you're, you're probably, as a, as a buyer, you're looking to buy stuff. You know, you can be sitting in the cafe on a Saturday afternoon, uh, I'm just going to buy something, and it doesn't matter what it is. Um, and you'll go online and you'll start looking for stuff. And what you need to be doing is, First of all, finding content that's going to inspire you and educate you. And the next thing you're going to do is you're going to look out, look, check those people out. Um, so, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I get that. And I see that. But one of the things I want to just unpack a little bit is about this idea of like clicking on links and all that sort of stuff. The advertising thing being challenging now. Obviously, advertising is getting more expensive. But there are still people having really good results for things like Facebook ads. Because if you are reading through your Facebook and, and obviously they're piling ads in front of you and they even put the bloody things in the middle of a video you're watching, which we were talking about yesterday, which yeah. is bloody annoying, isn't it? But they are still running those ads. Obviously, if we go to Google and we're searching, we're seeking out a solution to a problem, and Google searches up some AdWords to us. Is it still called AdWords? Google Ads. Still called, yeah, Google Ads to us. And at that point, obviously, that's putting us in the putting us under the nose of the person who's searching for it. So, when you're talking about people not clicking on links anymore, what do you mean by that? I I think you've you've summed it up well there, which is where you've you've summed up your annoyance with this constant bombardment of advertising. Okay. Um, personally, um, I don't. I think I don't think people look. Uh, you know, there are people that are getting a response from things like Google Ads and from Facebook Ads, but the fact of the matter is, is that, that mostly that pisses people off. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, this constant bombardment and interruption, we don't need that anymore. Um, and the difference is, is 10 years ago, the only way that we could get information was for you to bombard me with your stuff and tell me about it. Now, I'm free to go online and I'm able to uh, uh, use my mobile and check things out. So I'm able to search for content. I'm able to uh, check out whether you're a legitimate company or a legitimate person. Mm. Um, and that power, and the more power I have to do that, the more it pisses me off when you come to me and try to sell me. To the point where I think that when people try and pitch now, it's 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 a it's a big turnoff. And I know a lot of people, um, you know, ad blockers are growing at thirty percent year on year. Mm-hmm. Um, Adidas at the um, uh, the the football World Cup, uh, they cut back on their advertising. Um, they know that their main uh, core audience are on social, um, and they know that their core audience are big ad blocker users. So they, they actually are, are doing. They're using social and using influencers and uh, and doing other things to get to their people. When I mean other things, it's mainly using social because that's where your customers are. 
So when we talk about ads pissing people off, do you think that's because the people who are running the ads are bad at it and therefore the ads they're seeing are irrelevant? Because uh, you know, there's the argument that would say, actually, if, the, if I'm being advertised the thing I'm actually desperately looking for that solves a problem in my life, then that's okay because I'm looking for it right now. So would you say that actually it's, it's actually bad advertising that makes advertising piss people off? Um, I think there's two things. One is it's bad advertising. You know, you've got to remember that um, 97% of people are not looking to buy what you're selling right now. Um, so, you know, you have to go through a, a process of desire creation of someone actually wanting to buy. And that isn't turning up and going, hey, buy my shares. Um, because all we'll do is that we'll block you. You know, most, uh, um, I'm, I have a process now where if someone presents me with an ad on Facebook, I just go through the process of making sure that it's irrelevant and then blocking them and then they can never show me an ad again. <laughs> uh, and and uh, my view is that if I keep doing it, they'll get to the point where Facebook will, can, will not be able to show me any ads. I knew somebody was hiding all my adverts. We just do not have time in our lives. You know, I've got, I've got the, the, the in-laws coming up the weekend. I've got to take the kids to football. I've got to go to the shops to buy the, 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 the groceries. And you're trying to sell me your shit. I'm not interested and nobody cares. And, and, and while people are spending a load of money on advertising, people don't care. Now, here's an interesting one. What if the adverts that we're running out of interest are advertising content? So, for example, let's imagine we said, you know what? We want to put this episode of the podcast in front of more people. We're going to run some ads. and we're just Or a blog. I mean, Tim's a massive blog, blog of course. Post, yeah. Yeah. How do you feel about sponsoring your ad content? So you're not directly selling anything. It's very top of the funnel stuff. How do you feel about that bit of advertising? Sure. So can I, so let, let, um, so we're a small business, um, and, um, you know, we've now got eight people, you know, beginning of the year, we had three, we've now got eight. So we do no outbound marketing at all. We don't do any advertising. We don't do any cold calling. We don't send unsolicited emails. Um, uh, we do no outbound at all. And we get three pieces of inbound every single day. And we wow. do that by using content. And we wow. do that by using content that inspires and educates people. That's okay. So you don't you, you don't put any. I know because you're a huge blogger. You don't put any advertiser spend behind that at all. Not That's at amazing all. because there's so many people will will say, well, if you're not, we were, I was speaking to somebody who works for an agency, of course, and they were saying, well, you know, that there's no point in do, trying to do trying to do organic at all because that doesn't line the line the pockets of, of of Facebook and LinkedIn and all that sort of stuff. But here you are in the real world doing it, and and you're finding organic working really well for you, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, the thing about, um, the thing about organic is that's what people are searching for when they're, when the, these empowered buyers are going out to buy stuff, they're looking for content that's going to support them. Now this, when, when, if you read any of my content, my content doesn't advertise the company or, um, uh, try and sell you something. What it does is that it shares with you how you can social sell. No, we've we've written um, seven hundred blogs over the last um, three years. Uh, published seven hundred blogs. We we publish a unique piece of content every single day, and there's um, you know, there, there was three of us, and and the reason why we do that is that content is the way that we prospect, and content now is the way that organisations should be prospecting. So if you want to prospect and get new business and find new customers, you create content. It becomes number three, number two, or number one on your to-do list. 
Very cool. I, I, to, going back over to this idea of building a personal brand, I think one yeah. of the big things that a lot of small businesses and, you know, uh, I hate the word, but solopreneurs find is that creating their content, actually they find that they're saying stuff that's really good and they're really excited to share it with their audience. But actually they find that when they say it, it actually just sounds the same as everybody else who's saying the same thing to their marketplace. How do you start to find the way to differentiate your content in, a, in, a, in this big sea of noise because everybody's blogging and everybody's writing videos. How do you start to inject your personal brand to make your content stand out from everybody else's? The, the, the most important thing to do is not to, to sell or not to pitch. So what you should be doing is that you should be taking um, the, the knowledge that you have and putting that out on the internet. And the way that we talk about that with people is that this is not about word count. This is about ideas count. So... Uh, if you write a, a white paper, the, the, the mistake most people do is that they write a white paper and they put a thousand ideas in this white paper. <laughs> of course, people download the white paper, but they never read it. They just put it in the, um, a file that you have on your desktop that says, I'll read it someday. And you never get right. you, you never do. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's about consumption, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so um, what, we, what we recommend to people is that they put one idea, maximum 500 words, three to 500 words in a blog. If you look at all of our blogs, they're all about that length. It takes you about two, three minutes to, to, to read. Now, if someone says to you, here's a blog, you should read that, and it's only 300 words, you'll read it straight away. If it's longer than 500 words, you'll, you'll never read it. Wow. And don't, and don't forget about blogs. Is you don't know it's a good blog until you've actually read it. <laughs> but, so, so the thing is, is you, you, um, that when you're creating content, you can't assume that, that people are going to read it. But um, if you're putting out content, especially with your, your listeners, you know, they need to be putting out content on a regular basis, you know, on a weekly basis. Um, and, wow. and what happens then is that people start waiting. If you're putting out good content that's insightful, telling me something I don't know, um, educating me something, then what will happen is that people, if you say, right, I'm going to put that out every Monday at 12 o'clock, you'll have people sitting there waiting for you to post it. Wow. Okay. Stop the bus because, <laughs> so what's really interesting is you're talking about three to 500 word articles, yet some SEO person or someone who gets, their, gets a lot of their articles found on Google through search engine optimization type stuff, the stats that have been bashed on the internet are if it's less than like 2,000 words, Google doesn't really care about it. That doesn't sound like it's been your experience. No. Uh, so we had, a, um, we had a situation recently. So we, we spend no money on SEO either. Um, uh, so uh, what we did, we had a um, client came to us um, and uh, we, we lost a piece of business. And the reason why we lost it was that they were searching for uh, on Google, programmatic social selling. Now, we do programmatic social selling. Programmatic as in there's a methodology that you follow, mm -hmm. not programmatic as in the, the, the term used in, in, in Google Ads and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and um, so um, we, we went onto Google, found programmatic social selling, and we weren't there. So we just wrote a load of articles which had the word, the, the term programmatic social selling in. Um, and within a week, we got onto page one. Wow. Okay. And they were just short, snappy articles. So, and they were just short, snappy articles. Yeah. I love that. I love Push that. button, page one rankings there. I there love that. Yeah, write 500 words. Yeah, sorry, I've completely written off the SEO um, uh, market. Sorry about that. 
<laughs> I think, well, okay, so now we're in a place. We are now coming up with ideas on a regular basis. You're currently doing a daily. Obviously, getting started is one of the most important things for most of us. If we're currently thinking about transitioning into this model, grand, that's cracking. So now we've written a couple of articles. What are your primary channels for distribution of that? Because obviously sticking up a new article on a, on a blog, which has maybe been a little bit dormant, a little bit quiet, or maybe is just brand new. We're going to do this. We're going to get out there. We've got 500 words. We've whacked it on a blog. What are our distribution channels? Because this is all very top of the funnel. How are we going to get people to actually start viewing that? Because let's be honest, we've all launched a blog and we've all started started an article because we've heard that content marketing is wonderful and we've written it up and we look at our view account and it's six people. You know, one of them is your mum, and the other one's your personal assistant who did the editing. How do we get the viewership? So so I would actually say, um, I mean, you know, we we have all run a blog. Um, The thing is, is that, as I said earlier on, is that if you've got a blog your clients are in social media and if you're sending them to a blog, it's an unnatural act. They don't want to do it. The best thing to do if you're writing short form blogs um, is to post them on something like LinkedIn. Okay. So so I work in the business to business market. Um, Everybody, all the salespeople and all the people that we work with who are new to blogging, the first thing that we do is that we get them to blog on, on LinkedIn. And then you do that as an article or do you do that as a status? Um, you can do either way. If you do it as a status, what you'll find is that the um, there's a shorter shelf life by doing it as a status. Interesting. Uh, if, if, now, remember that the, the people that are looking to buy are looking for an expert. They're not looking for someone to come and sell to them. Now, we all know that the person probably will be a salesperson, mm-hmm. but we're looking for someone that's going to help us. You know, if, if we're going to buy content marketing or we're going to buy someone to build a community for us, what we do is that we go online and search, um, find the person, and then what we do is check them out. But we're going to only check them out. If we think they can help us, we, can, um, we, we will trust each other. And if we think that they're an expert. So we need to make sure that what we see online, their social profiles, is lines up with what they say they're going to do and they're going to be that expert that's going to help us. So blog, blog on, on LinkedIn. Okay, that's really interesting because I know it's one of the things that you do on your LinkedIn profile, for example, is yeah. you do like a, a cut down version. You like sort of, you had a, a really interesting one that I read recently about the about six or 12 or 10 things you can do to do something. And I know it was like you did the sort of the intro that and then you yeah. link over to your blog. Yeah, so what, what, what I would do, so when you start off is start off on LinkedIn. At some point, what you need to do is switch over to your blog. Okay. And, I, and I would say, you know, the question is, when do I switch over? This, you mm-hmm. switch over at the point when you feel that the engagement that you're getting on LinkedIn is enough that the people will, will go from, will actually go, he said that there's a link through to his blog, I will now go to it. Or, okay, or so you want blog. to sort of build an audience first. Yeah. Thing, which and is- then what I would I would do is... Um, because of the Google duplicate content uh, rules, I would then post it on the blog. And then what I do is I will post a, um, uh, the, the blog on LinkedIn as well, but only do the first paragraph and, and do it using um, uh, applicable to the Google duplicate content rules. So there is a point when you switch over. The other thing that I recommend as well it, for, for people 
doesn't matter on the size of business is to use medium. If you if you are a person selling something that's professional and you have professional people that are going to buy it, Medium is a great blogging platform where people are looking for content. And if you've got something interesting to say, it's a really good place to say it. That's really, really interesting. Okay, we're about to venture into another realm of this interview. Before we do that, as a nice way of breaking it up a little bit, we've come up with a really cool game for you for this episode. We realise that... I spy. What's that? Yes, it is I spy. (laughs) And it's uh, the things we could say at that point. We realise one of the things you should have done, obviously, is played Quidditch for England. As you say, <laughs> on your LinkedIn profile, which did have me howling when I, when I found yeah. you on LinkedIn. It, yeah. What we do is, yeah. is we thought we would come up with a list of different games that we all used to play when we were younger, or some okay. of them we still play now. And Rob's going to try and describe as many of them as, as he possibly can without naming the game. And we're going to see how many of them... It's like um, charades. It's a bit like charades, but with words. So, right. yeah. All right. No, so I don't know what two of these are, so this is going to be hilarious. So, <laughs> right, ready? Yeah. That's, yeah, go on. Off you go. Okay, so the first one is like a game where you have some like marbles and stuff at the top and there's like straws and sticks halfway down. You Kaplunk. There we That's go. the one. Next one, this is like a test of uh, general knowledge and you have like a little pie and you have to fill up the little pie with all of the little pieces as you get questions <laughs> right and stuff. And they're all different colors and you get cards and you have to read the questions out. <laughs> It's a pretty good description. It's a pretty yeah, good description. It's, it's, it's a brilliant description, yeah. Okay, great. Let's move on. We'll move back on. to okay. it. The next one, this is a board game where you have little counters and you have to, basically, you can move, you can move up, but sometimes you slip back down again. Snakes uh, and ladders. Yes. Uh, this is, uh, you have uh, five dice in a cup. You have to throw them out onto the table and you have to try and like make the best hand effectively out of those dice. Uh, if you manage to get all sixes, uh, then that would be uh, a special thing where you shout the name of the game. Um, pass. Like a, Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, this one, you have a, a little um, little tray with loads of little pictures of people, little cartoons, uh, and you have to uh, try. People have to ask you questions to try and work out which person you're looking at. That was very good. Uh, so you might say, "Does he have glasses?" or "Is it a woman?" or, uh, or you know, etc. And uh, you have to try you and flip guess. Them down, don't you? And you flip them down as as you as you rule out the people. Uh, pass. Okay. Uh, the next one. This is like a murder mystery, but in a board game. Um, so you yeah. would decide that it was Professor Plum in the library in, in the library with yeah. a justice pasty yeah what was it called um, uh, um, no I can't remember <laughs> <laughs> the next one this is the one that all dads hate because it takes ages to set up you have loads of little pieces and you have to put together this big intricate contraption and the idea is that you have to try and uh, you, have a, you have a little um, a little rodent and you have to try and catch the rodent Try not to say the word. Bat, bat the rats or something. Oh, it's close. I can see why you got that. It's yeah. closer. I, was, I thought when you said it's dad's and you had to put it together, I thought you meant scale electric. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the uh, the property buying board game where uh, Monopoly. Yes. All right. So what's the ones you didn't get? Uh, we didn't get Trivial Pursuit with a little. Oh, bit of-, of course it is. Yeah. Uh, the one with the dice was Yahtzee. Oh, yeah, and I didn't yeah. know that one. The one where you were flipping things down with the names and the faces, that was Guess Who. Ah, uh, right. And then Professor Plum and all that was Cluedo. Oh, of course it is, yeah. And then the, the, the rodent one was Mousetrap, the classic. Oh, of course, yeah. 
massively advertised thing. So there you go. All right. So, <laughs> so you, let's, let's talk about this content marketing thing a little bit more and this personal yeah. branding bit. Because it sounds like to me, uh, the ideal business then in, in your, with, your, with your sort of philosophy is kind of like where people find you on the internet it sort of looks like you don't really have anything for sale. You know, like there are, and there are some really great businesses out there where when you browse around, you can't really say any ways of giving them money. There's no sales pages. They, they, they can't actively just go and find you and buy some stuff. And therefore, therefore you have nothing to push down their throats through ads and stuff. How do you then start to transition that to becoming a transactional conversation where somebody could actually find out what it is that you do and how you do it and be able to give you money for it? So if, if you look at the way that people are buying at the moment, and, and this is, you know, backed up by research, uh, people are going online and they're searching for stuff. Um, so they're searching for, you know, your listeners' um, products and services right now. Um, the only way that they're going to make decision on it is by finding something and actually then consuming that content. Um, uh, a great example is a friend of mine that runs a, um, a baby massage uh, service. And um, what they do is that they put out articles like um, the top 10 reasons to get your, how you can get your baby to sleep. Um, and what they find is that a lot of people actually come to them usually about three or four o'clock in the morning. Um, and of course, in that um, article of the top 10 ways that you can get your baby to sleep, one of them is about baby massage. And of course, at three o'clock in the morning, um, uh, parents are quite often got to the point where they'll actually try anything. <laughs> so, so what you'll find even baby massage <laughs> yeah yeah well, what you'll find is that um uh the the people are out there they're searching for stuff they come across your social profiles they consume your content they understand that you're an expert and then what they do is that they actually um connect to you and 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 they actually get inbound so we get three pieces of inbound every single day now i'm not saying that you're not you're not necessarily going to go out and connect to people. So we teach salespeople how to connect to people in a non-salesy way so that they can actually build a network that allows them to ultimately sell their products and services. Um, but we have a lot of people that are using blogging. You know, we have a sales leader put, put out a blog and he saved so far £350,000 in recruitment fees. Huh. Um, purely by putting out a single blog. We've got um, salespeople that are putting blogs out and get, get, getting onto shortlists because everybody else is basically going onto the internet and saying how brilliant they are. And we don't care. We're not interested in your number one. We're not interested in, we're not interested in the company. We're not interested in products and services. And we're not interested if you come and pitch to us. But we've got people that are differentiating themselves by actually saying, look, here's a, here's a number of my blogs. This, I've written about the industry that, you, that, that, that our clients work in. I've written about what I think the business issues that you are facing right now. Um, and they've got a whole bunch of blogs where someone says, this person is obviously understands what I'm, I'm, I'm doing and what, I'm, uh, and what I need. And this person is relevant to me as, a, as an individual. And then what you'll find is that the people will come to you. Um, and as I say, we get three pieces of inbound every day and we're just a very, very small business. So tell me when you're talking about, you say you've got these, these three pieces of inbound coming every single day. What does that look like? So you're there having a nice cup of tea, looking out the window. Yeah. What, where does this land? What does it look like? Which, which part of the buying process are these people at? 
So, so I can, you know, a classic example is this podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, uh, you know, I don't, didn't know you before this, um, but Kennedy basically approached me. Mm-hmm. He, uh, and you know, in, in the chat before this, um, he found out about my book. He read some stuff that I put out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm now doing this. This for me is content marketing. This is a piece of content mm-hmm. that will then go out to people that they, that they will then hear. Mm-hmm. And that will then generate business for us. Now, okay. there are people out there sitting there going, well, I actually don't like Tim. He's got an English accent He's a, and, and, you know, and I'll never buy from him. Fine. And actually, that's really good because what you can do with social is you can qualify people out. Right. So quite often in, in what happens is that you drive for two hours, have an hour meeting and then drive back for two hours only to find out that you hate the person and they hate you. <laughs> but what you can do is that when you when you create your personal brand is that you can actually qualify that all out so you're only dealing with people that are um uh that actually you want to deal with or they want to deal with you right so th- this is a piece of content you know sky news contacted me yesterday um i'm going to be interviewed on sky news um i'll have people contacting me about um you know, they've been out, they've read the content and they want us to come and help with, with their um, their sales transformation and, and moving to social selling. So it all depends. But what you'll find is that the, 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 there's been this change in the buying process. And whereas we talked about, um, we, we see it ourselves in terms of having this funnel, a lot of the top of funnel stuff that's going on, we actually can't see and we, we have um, uh, no control over unless we get on social and control it ourselves and control the content and the message that we're putting out. Right. So am I right in saying, Tim, that what happens is somebody finds out about some about you at some level. So it might be listening to this podcast. For me, it was, I think I, it was from my, my wish list on my Amazon. On my Amazon. I, I, have a, I have an alert set up for new books that might be interested to me. Yeah. They find out at that point and they generally are driven towards your LinkedIn profile and then they'll inbox you on LinkedIn. Is that usually how it works for you? Yes, it is. Yes. Okay. So you find a lot. Of, so time-wise, I'm just thinking this seems like, my gosh, I need to be like absolutely tied to my LinkedIn account or whichever primary platform I want to use. I need to be... Are you tied to your LinkedIn account? Like, Are you there all the time? You wake up and sit and sort it out in bed before you get up and have your first cuppa. And are you still doing it just before you go to bed? Do you have time slots? How do you be present? Because one of the things I know you talk about a lot is you've got to be there. You've got to be around when people contact you as well as just... Because you can't just publish stuff and like wait for stuff to happen. How do you like schedule that timing? Like, what does that even look like? Uh, well, you sent me a message on LinkedIn at what seven thirty this morning, and, and I responded yep. within five minutes. So, you did, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, your your customers are on social, so you need to be there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, from a LinkedIn perspective, I, I have LinkedIn open all the time. Um, I'm not on it all the time, but you know, you have to be active. Um, I'm commenting on stuff. I'm uh, because it's not just about. Uh, outbound of you putting out content, you need to be commenting on stuff. So for example, um, I have a particular, I have a, a deal that's stuck in the pipeline. So um, the, the decision maker who I put the proposal in, I've been com- com- comment on, commenting on his stuff right. on LinkedIn. I happen to be connected to him on Facebook mm-hmm. and commenting on his stuff on Facebook. Uh, within a week, he said, that proposal, I, I've forgotten about it. I need, we need to get together and, and talk. So, and you can do that from a, um, a reach out in terms of saying, this is my target market. These are, these are my target people or, you know, whether you have persona or whatever, or mm-hmm. I, I basically have a, a, um, a, um, 
a particular job title that I would go for. Yeah. And you can go out to, on social and you can have conversations with these people. Not, hey, buy my shit, but hey, um, uh, Kennedy, that's a really interesting article. Um, what do you think about this? Um, hey, Rob, um, uh, I like what you said here. Um, and uh, we're doing something on, on, on this at the moment. I've written an article about this. What do you think? Mm. Um, and actually using social as a proactive tool for you to go out and sell. So rather than bombarding, rather than coming up with this, um, I'm going to collect loads of emails and send out emails that no one is going to, no, never going to read. I'm going to put out adverts that no one's ever going to look at. Um, I'm going to make cold calls that no one's ever going to answer. What we do is that we spend our time where our clients are, having conversations with them. And yeah, it takes a lot of time. But what I could do is get on the phone, ring people up, never get through to them, leave a load of voicemails that they'll never return and actually get nowhere. Yeah, it's really interesting. You are not only positioning yourself to be found, but also it's a really good way of, of doing that whole long-term nurture campaign that a lot of people do by email, by keep, for, for keeping on top of, top of mind awareness that often people do as like a newsletter or something like that. It's just but, as easy to do it. And a newsletter is so impersonal. You know, you spend the time that you spend creating that and then blasting it out that no one ever reads. You know, there was a um, there was a piece of research recently where um, a, a pro email marketing piece of research where they researched 48 million emails. And the conclusion they came to of 48, 48 million emails, no one ever opened them. Whereas you can go and have conversations with decision makers. There's no one blocking it. There's no one um, stopping you getting through. You can get as high and as um, uh, as high as you want on social and go and have conversations with people one-to-one, just like we're having here. Just and like you have in the really park. really interesting is the reason that's happening is because so much email has been done so poorly by so many people for so many years where they're just, everybody's beating these, their entire database over the head with the yeah. same generic bland. We, we, de- we deleted our database because of GDPR and we wow, never sent out emails anyway. We just it's interesting you say, do you have the time? We don't have time sending out emails because we're so busy doing business on, on social that we just see um, creating these newsletters that no one ever reads is a complete waste of time. Really? We, we're having, you know, we, so, so I've got a guy who works for me. Um, this, so, so a large business-to-consumer organization put out a press release yesterday mm-hmm. saying um, uh, we, um, we're going to change the way that people work with the Internet of Things. It doesn't really, it's not, it's not the detail of what they're going to do. But they're going to touch 3 billion people with their products. And the way that they're going to do it is through paid media, through adverts. Mm-hmm. So we've basically gone to the VP that's quoted in this article and said, mm-hmm. you're never going to do that with paid media. No one looks at adverts. What you need to do is activate your um, employees within your organization to talk about this on social, to use employee advocacy. Um, and um, that post has now got 3,000 views. So in 24 hours, it's had 3,000 views. That's equivalent of you getting like 3,000 people 3,000 voicemails into your organization. He's got people crawling over his LinkedIn profile looking at him. Now, it doesn't mean that they're going to buy, but they're going, this guy's really interesting. He's caught an opinion. Um, And actually the guys, you can imagine the guy, because he's actually been, um, uh, Stephen has done it in a, um, you know, he's actually tagged the person who's actually quoted. This person says, I want to have a conversation with you, which is great. So we've now got a call. we've now got a meeting off the back of it. 
Now, the person may turn around and say, don't you ever do that, but we've still got a meeting. And we've still got the, the, the platform to turn around to the guy and say, yeah, but you're never going to do this with paid media. I don't care what the ad agency says. They may be loads of eyeballs, but people actually don't look at ads. People just see it's noise. We filter it out. But what you could do, if you engaged and you activated your employees to talk about this on social, you would completely destroy the competition. So why wouldn't you do that? Um, so there are different ways and means. This is not about sitting at home, writing some content, um, and, and, and hoping that something's going to happen. It's about using content and using social as a proactive way to actually get those leads and meetings. So we're able to flood the internet with great content that really speaks to our target audience. It gets rid of the people that we don't want to work with anyway. And then it gets the people we do want to work with to get in touch with us, whether that's by, you know, a LinkedIn message or an email or whatever it is, however, however it is that they're going to find you and get in touch with you. That then leads to whatever your sales process is. Yes. And, uh, and we do this every day. So if anyone says, I don't believe you, that sounds a bit like, um, you know, Jack in the Beanstalk and getting some beans. We do this every day. Um, we measure our share of voice using from the, the, the kind people at Brandwatch. Um, and we have 55% share of voice. I looked at it this morning. Now, our competition have 37 times more people than us. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to get 55% of the business, but it means that we have 55% of the vi- visibility in our market of social selling and digital selling. And anybody who's watching this, if you go on to... Um, go on to LinkedIn or Twitter, look for the hashtag social selling, digital selling, you'll find us. Wow. That's cracking. That's cracking. It's very cool. Now we're going to interrupt proceedings for the second time in this podcast for our second and favorite game. Now here's how it works. My colleague Kennedy here. Hello. That's him. He's going to sing a song for you now, Tim, but he's going to sing a song in the style of a traditional British pub singer, which means that some of the words may be somewhat confused and disguised. Your job, Tim, and dear listener at home, uh, poor listener at home. Uh, it's simply to guess. Take, take, take all your headphones out, you, you will you? Just, yeah. just, just to guess what song Kennedy sings. So take it away, fella. That literally sounds like bird is the word. <laughs> Tim, what song was that? Um, is it Saturday Night by um, uh, what's the name? Wakefield. Yeah. It's not. No. I thought you were going to get it there. I did for a second. Because you started with the word Saturday. It's, it's, it's close, sort of, in a weird way. Uh, it's actually uh, Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. <laughs> Why is that? It was Colin bang on. Just it was close. Burst out laughing it was bang on. I think it sounded better. I couldn't get, I couldn't get my, uh, my voice up there. So here's a question for you. Obviously, you've written, you've written books. So that's, you know, that's a paid method of getting your content out, as in that's, that's now a product. So what I'm interested to know is there's a lot of different people who use content in different ways. Some yep. people see content as the thing that they put in front of the audience they've already got. Some people see it as the thing they use to build the audience in the first place. You very much see it as both. You know, use it to build the audience and also to share it with the people so that they, they hang around, they continue to read your stuff. They become a long-term fan. Where, does, where do your books fit into this? For you, is that... Uh, obviously it's a revenue stream, but is it just a revenue stream for actually? It's a it's just a revenue stream for maybe people who can't afford to work with you. And I'm uh, I, I, I wish it was a revenue stream. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, I mean the money you make usually yeah, is yeah. like nothing. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
you know, I, I probably can't even pay the electricity bill off the back of the money I make off the book. <laughs> okay. um, I think... So, for, so is, that, is, is that therefore just an extension of your content marketing then? It, it, to, to a certain extent, yeah. The, the, the answer to your question is you need to have content in, in all the different places of the funnel. Um, but um, so, so the, um, the books are a way of showing that you're an expert. The, the book is, is, is the best business card that you can ever have. You know, I went into a meeting the other day um, and they kind of said, so what do you know about social? I just put the two books down. And, I, and it was like, next question. Um, really? So, so the, the, the books are, are just a great way of having a piece of content and putting it out there. Um, now, the great thing about content that you, you can do is you can have content that's one to many. You can have content that's one to few and you have, can have content that's one to one. Right. So, so if you, so, so one of the things that we teach the salespeople, if you've got a particular uh, deal that's stuck in the pipeline, you could write a piece of content that is particularly directed at that individual or individuals within that organization, picking up on their particular business issues. Um, mm-hmm. And again, with you going in and starting having conversations with those people, what you're doing over social is in effect waving at them. Mm-hmm. So, so, so in the past, what we had to do was ring people up and annoy them. You know, have you read the proposal? You know, well, why haven't you? Because it's like two weeks since I sent it out. You know, I spent a weekend on it. Um, or you send them an email saying, have you read the proposal, which they just, you know, again, ignore. Mm. Um, but you're able to have conversations with people on social and they just see you. It's, and it's done in a completely non-salesy, um, non-piss-off um, way. Mm. Um, and you can also create content that, that then you go... Um, I, I wrote this. You might be interested. Hmm. Um, and using that as a, as, a, as a way of actually moving the deals, either from the top, and it doesn't really matter where it is in the funnel, but using content as a, as a real tactic within the marketing and the sales process, not just I'm going to put a white paper out and hope somebody reads it. Right. Right. Okay. That's really interesting. Before we wrap this up and we, get, we head into our quick fire round, I've got one really specific question that I've been gagging to ask you this whole time. One yeah. of the things you're really strong at, I mean, of all the things you've done, one of the things I really admire about you, fanboying over over here, and that is the way you write your LinkedIn summary, because that's your primary channel, yeah. is extremely compelling. It is pretty much the opposite of what almost everybody's LinkedIn profile summary I've ever seen is. Have you got like two tips you can give us for writing a really compelling LinkedIn summary for when somebody finds you, they see your article, someone shared it, and they come and check out your profile. It really needs to hit them over the head. How have you done that? Yeah, but um, in in summary, um, your your LinkedIn summary, so your summary title, which is the... um, the most visible line about you on the internet, because if you Google yourself, that will be the piece that you'll see, your photo, your name, and that, that summary. Mm-hmm. And your summary at the top is your why, not your what. The mistake everybody makes, and 90, probably 5% of LinkedIn profiles are shit. And the reason for that is they go, I'm an energetic, tenacious salesperson. <laughs> well, I'm an energetic, tenacious salesperson. You're an energetic, tenacious salesperson. You're an energetic. Everybody is. Yeah, otherwise you wouldn't be in sales. Yeah, you're not differentiating yourself. You're just basically saying you're the same as everybody else. Right. So, so, and the other thing they do is immediately go, and I work for this organization. And it's really, it's, you know, this, I've got, I know people in the company that um, I used to work for. 
25-year-old um, kids who do telesales saying, my passion is digital transformation. Rubbish. When I was 25, my passion was music, going out, um, uh, trying to get a girlfriend, um, uh, cars, and, um, and food. Right. Yeah? Your passion is not digital transformation. So I read it and go, liar. <laughs> I, 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 you and, you know, this is, go, I can't wait to digitally transform somebody. Yeah, and, and you know, come on, you know, the, you know, come on, you know, we we all, every everybody is unique. We all, you know, our uniques. We 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 are the accumulation of all of our experiences, all of our, um, you know, all of our failures, all of our um, uh, all of our uh, things that we've achieved, all of our broken hearts, all of the things that, that have happened to us um, are, are where we are today. And what we have to do is accumulate, uh, is basically accumulate that and express that. Now, English people happen to be, and, and British people happen to be very difficult doing that because we don't like being authentic. We don't like telling people about ourselves. Mm. But if we go to the pub with somebody, I, I, you wouldn't immediately go, so, you know, what do you do? You, you'd, have, you'd have a conversation. Wasn't that a great game last night? Or, um, you know, isn't it brilliant that we've got all British sides in the, in the Europa and the, Europa, um, and the Champions League? And we have a conversation. And what we're looking for, or what buyers are looking for, is that human element mm. that, hu- that jumps off the page. Some humanity. Am I talking to a corporate robot that's going to sell me shit? Which if you've got, and I love working for this company. No, you don't. Mm. Um, and I've got these great products and I don't care. Mm. Um, yeah. Or am I actually going to deal with somebody that I'm actually going to, you know, uh, when I go for a meeting with Tim Hughes, I've read his LinkedIn profile. Mm. I know it's going to be a really good meeting. Yeah. I'm really excited about having this meeting. Or are you going to go, oh no, not another salesperson who's going to try and sell me some shit. Yeah. I really don't need this today. Because nobody gets up in the morning and says, do you know what? I need to talk to a salesman today. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I'm not going to do that. And I just want to pull out there, the way that I sort of think about this whole uniqueness is each of the ingredients is on its own common, but it's the, when you put those unique ingredients together, you become that sort of like unique recipe and that's what makes you unique. The fact that, <laughs> You did you you like football is not unique. There's a lot of people who like football, but the the unique combination of someone who likes football used to live in Thailand, loves cups of tea, and used to work for Motorola. That's a unique res- that's a unique recipe. Whereas yeah. the individual ingredients are not the unique thing, right? And what we what we're looking for on on someone's LinkedIn profile is what they've what they've learned. Right. What is it that you're going to bring to me? Not the fact that I've got these five objectives and they are. <laughs> looking at this and doing this and that. I'm not, we're, we're not interested. What yeah, we're looking for is, yeah, yeah, you know, I did this job and it was shit. <laughs> but we, and we've all done a shit job. You know, I lasted six months, but do you know <laughs> what? I learned this and I actually used that skill today. Um, or I did this and I lasted 10 years. And, you know, I was actually amazed that I did that. Um, now, on my on my summary and my first two lines, I tell people about how I cr- I've cried at meetings. Yeah, and yeah. You, you know I powerful like it just sticks out. You're like, it, I'm it, like yeah, because you know I've you know you know you know this is not about my this is not about my journey, but you know I have honestly sat in a meeting and seen salespeople. You know I've had social selling experts in the US saying you'll never teach salespeople to blog. I've had salespeople stand up in meetings saying, I want to share with you my blog. 
and and I'm going to go and put this live now. And then them coming back to me saying, you know, I've had people coming up to, up to me and hugging me saying, you changed my life. And when I sat down and wrote my book, Social Selling, in 2015, all I wanted to do was write a book that my dad would go, well done, kid. You've written the book. You're not, you're not the shit person I thought you were. <laughs> uh, and what, um, and it, what that turned into is the fact that we've actually come up with something and we are changing lives. Yeah. And, and we're going to change the world with this as well. Really, really, really cool. Well, before we get into the group hug to finish the episode, let's whiz <laughs> on over into what we lovingly refer to as the quick fire round. Hey, you don't want to miss out on more of these fabulous nuggets, do you? Make sure you subscribe to the Three Marketers Podcast now on your podcast player. So first of all, Tim, give us a book that you recommend. So my, my, the book that I read recently, um, it's Dr. Carol Dweck, Mindset, Changing the Way You Think to Fulfill Your Potential. I bought one and then I bought one for the whole of the board and I bought all my really good friends them as well. Okay. It's about I'm the difference. What are receiving it from you? <laughs> about the, yeah, that's just how boring I am. Uh, everybody <laughs> else expects to get like beer or, you know, a night out or something and I buy them a book. Yeah, um, yeah, and um, you know, this is about the difference between having a fixed mindset and having a growth mindset. And right now in digital, you've got to have a growth mindset. You know, Definitely. this is about you, this. You know, the world is changing around us. It's different from it was yesterday, and we've got to have a growth mindset and try things out and do things differently. For sure. What's a top success habit that you have? Something you do regularly, Tim? I I carry a notebook with me. Wow. Okay. Oh, that's good. I, and that that's a bit of a content thing because. Um, we have a joke internally within the company that we'll have a conversation and then someone will go, there's a blog in there. <laughs> and it's true. Um, uh, you know, you're, you know, someone basically said something about it. He said, he's got a very common um, uh, saying he has, which is um, same bus, different number. Mm. Uh, and we just went, there's a blog in that. <laughs> Can you give us a marketer or an entrepreneur that you look up to? Um, yeah. Ted Rubin. Um, Steph Godin. Um, there's a guy in Florida called um, Robert Caruso as well. Okay. Um, and they're all people that I, my measure is when I read an article, I go, "Yeah, I never thought of that." Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're all people where you go, "Yeah, I never thought of that." I love that. I love that. And obviously, you do a lot of content. So, what are kind of the, your favorite apps or things that either run your business, run your life that you absolutely rely on? Some favorite apps. Uh, we actually don't use a lot of apps in, wow. in, in um, internally. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we use the the brand watches and the lead feeders, and uh, um, so we we use a product called Passel. Um, I saw that P A S L E, which is where a, a, a great way of. Um, creating blocks so you read an article and you go i don't agree with this or i do agree with this and i and you get this sort of like building up inside you about and i want to write something about it or i want to share it what pastel does is allows you to do that so you're able to do like you do two three hundred words on i don't agree or i do agree Mm. and the key thing that we found is that it actually pulls through the seo as well so we've had, you know, you, you, you'll do it with an EY um, article and it pulls through the, um, you're getting like um, SEO uplift on the EY stuff as well. That's interesting. Good tip. Yeah, very cool. Top tip. Big important question here, Tim. Who do you like more, Redhead Rob or Platinum Kennedy? It, it, do you know, this is a really unfair question, isn't it? Yeah. 
Because, because you know, when 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 um, you contacted me, uh, the answer last night, the answer was going to be Kennedy. What the hell's changed? But but then when I saw the two of you today on on the video before we started, I, I wonder whether it's Rob. Because uh, well, he's got those big doughy eyes. That's what I thought. <laughs> it's the pleading, uh, you know, isn't it? So before he changes uh, his mind. Uh, do you know, I, I, you know, I like, I like a man to feel comfortable in themselves to, to dye their hair. You know, that's a... Oh, yeah, because mine's natural. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Well, it's, I was actually being ironic. I actually meant, because both of you dye your hair. Oh, <laughs> I see. Okay. All right. Well, we'll take the jokes from here. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us finally. I forgot you're the funny men, aren't you? Where can we all go to find out more about you, Tim? Um, so you can find me on um, LinkedIn. Um, I'm Timothy Hughes, T-I-M-O-T-H-Y. H-U-G-H-E-S. Um, and you can also find us at dlaignite.com. Oh, dlaignite.com. Amazing. Well, awesome. Dude, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come and share this stuff with us and uh, and the listeners. It's been it's been really awesome. I've loved it. Thank you, mate. Thanks, Kennedy. Thanks, Rob. Take care. I had never put so much importance on that little one-liner that's right under your name ever in my life. I've never really thought about it as an opportunity to really stand out. Everybody else puts in, I'm an expert in this, I'm an expert in that. When when Tim's approach really is about standing out because they're seeing lots of people in their news feeds or in their inboxes who are experts in various different things. And you've got to really get to it. You've got to really stand out somewhere. And obviously one of the techniques you can use, as Tim said, is humor with his whole Quidditch for England thing. Which I, I was going to say, I'm a bit thick. So with that one line a bit, that's his Quidditch bit. That's not the summary profile. Yes, that's the that. summary's the bigger bit underneath. Where well, you're a bit more serious about what you actually do. Yeah, and obviously Tim talks about in that way. He talks about, which I think it's really interesting and I haven't quite got this working for me yet. I have been playing with, as I mentioned, at the top of the episode here. But it's really about your why rather than what you do and who you help. It's about right. your what's your passion and what really drives you, which I think right. is really interesting. But but challenging to do as a person who does marketing, I'm like, no, but I want to tell them the benefits and how I help. Click here now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to put 42 links in that thing. So uh, speaking of links, we're going to give you one now in case you want to take a look at the show notes. We put them all together for you. Don't worry if you missed a single beat of this episode. You'll find them over, over at blog.responsesuite.com forward slash 061. There you go. That was absolutely great. Um, by the way, we'd love to read out your review on the show next week. One, it really helps us to get some more reach and share all of these fantastic guests who give up their time and give up their knowledge for free for everybody. It really helps us get into, un, under other people's noses and in other people's ears and reach and share the podcast. But two, we'll give you a name check as well on the show if you'd like to. So pop over to your favorite podcast player, leave a review. If you're using iTunes, if you're not sure how to do that, you can go over to responsesuite.com slash iTunes, I yeah. believe. Uh, yeah, Shelly did that. So Shelly's smart. Be like Shelly. There you go. On that note, we are going to see you next week. Don't miss a thing. Miss a thing. Check out the show notes at blog.responsesuite.com. <laughs>